know about because you don't know who you are and somebody else knows who you are and God puts you in positions to walk into authority and you've got to accept it and receive it. Please, I'm begging you, stop asking to stay in line when God calls you out. You got to know who you are and whose you are. If you don't know who you are and whose you are, you'll copy somebody else. Can I just talk to the saints for a minute? I am so tired of copycat callings. Just because my gift looks like your gift doesn't mean we have to do the same thing. And if I'm not careful, I'll allow my gift to dictate my calling. And I won't allow prayer to help me find my purpose. I'll look at the person that looks the closest to me and I'll say, well, maybe I'm supposed to do that because we don't understand the difference between gifting and calling. And some of you are chasing something that God never called you to do. Instagram called you to it, but God didn't call you to it. Let me tell you the difference between giftings and callings. Giftings are cultivated through practice. Callings are cultivated through prayer. We don't need more practice. We need more prayer. Because if you're not careful and you don't understand the difference between your gifting and your calling, you will prostitute your calling to the person who honors your gift. And then you're out of the will of God. Some of you are here. Uh, some of you are here because you, you want to be up here. And you need to be out there. Thank God for the, the team of volunteers here who selflessly serve and say, I'm ready. Let's go. You need to go through the membership class. You need to get involved. You need to serve wherever. And if God brings you up, let God bring you up. Just serve. But some of us don't even know that our gift is a gift. We're wishing we had something else. We're wishing we had somebody else's gift. How many guys like Apple products? Apple products, anybody? Where are the iPhone users at? Anybody got an iPhone? iPhone user? Like Apple, you like Apple products? All right, I need, I need two people. Okay, you and you, right there in the shirt. All right, come right here. Okay, all right, just stay right there. All right, you like Apple products? What's your name, man? What? Jalil, all right, there you go, Jalil. All right, open it up, open it up, open it up. Move the paper, just, you can, you can do it like Christmas, bro. You ain't gotta be nice. Like Chris, here's your iPad, bro. There you go. Bless you. It's for you, Jalil. It's for you. Hi, man. Hey, Jalil. That's your gift. All right, you can sit down. You say thank you. Oh, never mind. All right. What's your name? Abby. Here you go, Abby. Open, open. Okay, just hang on just a second. Go ahead and open your gift. Go ahead and open your gift. All right. Apple products. All right, hold it up. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. I said Apple products. Now, now listen. If I'm, if I'm Abby, I'm, I'm a little upset. I'm like, hey, 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 bruh. You said Apple products. And here's the problem, though. You can see it in this situation. But in your situation, she's mad at him because somehow he was on the right side 
and got the gift that she wanted. But really, she doesn't need to be mad at him. She needs to be mad at me. When you're jealous of someone else's gift, you're not mad at them. You're mad at God. And you need to at some point just give that to God. Don't you think that his shoulders are big enough to handle your anger and your frustration and your pain about all the stuff that you've gone through? And don't you think that he can make a way where there is no way? Because once you begin to bring it to God and he begins to give you purpose, he can help you understand the gift. The iPad is awesome, but the apple has sustenance. And if you understand the power of seed, eat the apple, don't eat the seed, plant the seed, and the apple will feed you for years to come. It's not about the gift, it's about your calling. Will, come here. Thanks. There you go, Abby. I didn't want to mess with you. Give Abby a great big hand. Hey, Abby, I already know. She sent a message to Pastor Mike this morning and said, I feel like God's going to give me an iPad so that I can do what he's called me to do in college. I already know. I already know. You prayed about it this morning. I've never given an iPad out and I had an idea today to give an iPad and then somebody came to me and was like, hey, there's a girl here praying. I was like, well, let's be the answer to the prayer that she's been praying because God has already dropped the answer on your timeline. You just got to learn how to keep walking until you get to what God has got for you. You know who you are. You'll fight fear with faith. Can I tell y'all a story? I wasn't going to tell it, but I want to tell it. I said, tell it. Okay. It's my favorite story. So my dad started this church whenever I was a kid. And when I was about 15, we had this small church youth group, about 40 young people. And we had this night where we all hung out. It's like, you know, just all a youth party. And after the, <laughs> after the youth party, like the girls... We're going to have a slumber party. And the guys, we're going to have a hangout. Because we don't have a slumber party. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, you want to come to my slumber party? No. <laughs> so the goal of the girls' slumber party was, oh, let's throw each other's hair and makeup. Let's have a good time. It's going to be amazing. We'll talk about boys. And the goal of the guys' hangout was let's get to the girls' slumber party. And as, this, as the son of the pastor, as, as a young man of God, I felt like it was my responsibility to lead that effort to get us from, from where we were to where God had called us to go. So I went and I talked to, I went and I talked to the lady that was in charge of it. And I said, hey, how cool would it be if tonight, like, you know, around midnight, we just rolled up and we scared the girls like, ah. They never forget that moment. And I thought she was going to be like, little boy, get out of here. She was like, oh my God, that's such a great idea. You guys should definitely do it. I was like, oh my God, we let you watch children. This is crazy. She said, come over at midnight. I'll leave the garage door open and the garage door unlocked. And you'll come in and just scare them. I'll have them ready. They'll be in the living room. I was like, you crazy. And so we went to Walmart and we got pantyhose, not to put on, but to put over our heads. And we put the pantyhose over our head because it makes you look crazy. And we snuck in and we walked out. I couldn't believe it. And she had all the girls in our youth group sitting around, sitting around this little living room fire. She had a flashlight under her chin and she was telling ghost stories. Like the man was walking down the railroad tracks looking for his head. Ooh, isn't that scary, girls? And there was like 15 of us in the house and they didn't even know it. 
And we jumped out around the corner on the count of three. We're like, ah, and the girl's like, ah, freaked out. I left out one detail. The church that my father pastored was a very diverse church. But when white girls are scared, they're like, oh my God, Becky, oh God, oh. Oh, Sabrina, oh, Nancy, oh my God, call your dad, oh my God. What are we gonna do? African-American girls are different. There was this girl named Kiki. And she didn't love me. She was sitting right here to the left. Kiki screamed, and then she grabbed a ficus tree. You know one of them little decorative trees? They should have a warning label. She picked it up. She started swinging it at me. I couldn't get the pantyhose off of my head. We were running. She picked up the phone. She was like, Piggy, call Pookie and them. Y'all get over here. These fools are acting crazy. The Spanish girls were cussing us in Spanish. The white girls are like, you guys better go. Oh, my God, they're really mad. It didn't go the way I planned. The next time the enemy comes in on you, you ought to get a spirit of Kiki and pick up the word and say, God is greater in me than he that is in the world. I got purpose. Sit down. When you know who you are, when you know who you are, Pastor Mike, Natalie, you know who you are. You have such an incredible gift. You could use it in the world to make movies. You could make music. You could be one of the greatest producers of our time. And you might still be. I don't know about that yet. But you chose at some point. You wrestled with it for a long time. You said, God, why am I here doing this when I know my gifting is great? You knew the gift he gave you. You knew it. The calling shifted everything, though. And the calling put you on your knees. And you said, all right, I yield the gift. I surrender the gift. And now look at what God's doing with the gift because the calling, it, co it comes first. When you know who you are, not even the rewards of the world will deter whose you are and what you are called to do. Listen. In, in, the book, in the book of Matthew, there's a woman, the Syrophoenician woman. She comes to Jesus. She's a Gentile. She's not even supposed to approach him, much less touch him, not even be close to him. She comes to Jesus because of racial division and cultural divides. She comes to Jesus, and here's why. She's got a need. She's got crazy faith. Hazy faith. I don't know how it's going to happen. She's been praying crazy prayers, and she's got crazy purpose. She knows what her identity is. So she comes to Jesus. And she says, my daughter is sick and desperate. I'm desperate. I need you, Jesus. And he doesn't even, he ignores her. Has God ever been silent? And then the people that are around Jesus start saying, hey, 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 get out of here. You shouldn't be here. You ever felt rejected by the church? You ever been hurt by the people that are close to Jesus and actually supposed to represent him, but they don't? They represent their own needs and their own wants and their own desires. Please, please forgive them. Please don't judge the heart of Jesus based on some people who are supposed to represent him. He loves you deeply. He loves you dearly. 
Here's what happens. Oh, hang on. I gotta take a drink. That's for Biggie and Pac. <laughs> White people like, uh, Biggie and who? And she comes to Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. Real preacher will be back next week, guys. Just Let's just get through this. Matthew chapter 15, verse 25. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, one of the most shocking statements in scripture and I've struggled with it for years. She said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Turn to your neighbor and say, he called her a dog. But she said, yes, Lord. <laughs> she doesn't even argue. She doesn't even say, I'm not a dog. Don't you call me a dog. Nobody calls me a dog. And walks right out of her miracle. She says, yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, oh, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed. This is strange because Jesus feels one way and then it changes. Now, what we know on the other side of it is he was testing her faith. Can Jesus deter you from your identity, from your purpose? Because your faith will be tested. That's what brings perseverance. That's what works out your destiny. She never even argues that she's a dog. She says one word, Pastor Mike. Ah, ah, that changed it. When I saw this, I freaked out. I had a praise break right in my hotel room. She said, yeah, but even the children eat the crumbs that fall from there. Everybody say there. That means ownership, their master's table. She said, I might be a dog, but I'm your dog. And I know if I'm under your authority, no matter what I'm going through, you're going to take care of me. No matter what I'm dealing with, I got crazy purpose. I know who I am and I know whose I am and I'm going to trust you. Somebody shall trust him. And that'll lead to the final thing. Musicians, you guys can come and play a little churchy music. Crazy prayers lead to crazy purpose, lead to crazy perseverance. And you're sitting in crazy perseverance. First few months as pastor, I saw it today. He wrote a document with your janky pages skills. You put the logo of Transformation Church on the front of this building years ago. He didn't tell you about it because you weren't ready for it. And this place definitely wasn't ready for it. But it's perseverance that will walk you into your promise. At some point, you've got to You've got to learn. I got to just trust in the middle of pain. This is a word for somebody. A few years ago, I was flying somewhere. I don't even remember where I was flying somewhere. And the pilot came on. He was like, ah, ladies and gentlemen, ah. I don't know why y'all talk like that, but ah, we're about to, ah, about 20 minutes. Flight attendants, please prepare the cabin for landing. So I was like, all right, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I'll be able to make my connection. We're good. After 20 minutes, nothing. After 30 minutes, nothing. After 50 minutes, nothing. I'm getting mad. And the pilot comes on. He's like, I'm so sorry. Before we were about to land, a, a storm blew over the runway. And, and it was not safe for us to land. We're just in a holding pattern right now. See, I, I was ready. But 
I was going. And you know what I said? I said, I, I'm okay with that, bro. I'd rather be Jeremy Foster late than the late Jeremy Foster. Come on. Some of you are trying to push your way into somewhere that's not ready for you yet. If you'll just wait on God and let him walk you in and let him lead you in. That's why we're sitting here right now. I'm going to close with this. This is the word I got sitting right over there. When I, when I got here in my hotel room Wednesday night, late Wednesday night, I walked in. My wife was like, babe, they got you a gift. I was like, oh, they got me a gift. I got this gift. I was like, oh, I got a gift. Look at that. I opened it up. And I was like, oh, ah. look at these. I was like that thing my wife been saying. I got them. And I got to tell you, though, that ain't my style. So I, I looked at the gift. and I was like, oh, love the gift. Going to be grateful for the gift. Go say thank you for the gift. I'm not ready to wear the gift yet at some point when the time is right. Here's the word that I got whenever I was sitting right over there because I looked down at my feet and I had on my Nikes. And the Lord said to me, tell transformation. It's not going to be comfortable. There were some amazing things that happened at 1519 that prepared us to walk into what we are in right now. But at some point, you're going to have to take off what you're comfortable with and, and get it off of your feet and say, we can't go back. Now, here's what I want you to know. There's a moment in the middle that's uncomfortable when we don't have everything figured out when people will look at you and say you're not really prepared it doesn't look like you're really ready but there's going to be a moment when God reveals to you that it's time you're going to have to stomp a little bit you, you might even you might even lose your balance a little bit have to turn your little your little hop into a dance at some point when you lose your balance you got to learn how to dance through it you got to learn how to praise through it you got to learn how to say hey i know people may not understand it but i'm walking in new shoes and i'm going to do what god has called me to do let's go pastor mike i got boot cut jeans on and Nike shoes with a tag that I don't understand the tag. I told my wife, I was like, let me cut the tag off. She's like, don't cut the tag off. You may not be comfortable, but it ain't about your comfort. It's about your calling. And my faith might be hazy, but God's got a plan and God's got a strategy and he wants to do something and he can do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think according to the power that's at work in me. Somebody shout, it's in me. Somebody shout, all I have is all I need. God, I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would propel this church forward into an uncomfortable place.
because that's where you've called us. Strengthen marriages, strengthen visions, strengthen dreams, strengthen hearts, change lives. And more than anything, save souls with nobody looking around and nobody moving around in any of our environments right now. Just stay where you are if you don't mind. This is the most important moment. If you know you're not where you need to be with Jesus, somehow you haven't just yielded your life. The Bible says this, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But you have got to declare that Jesus is Lord. You've got to realize I, I need you, Jesus, and I repent. I trust you. Change me from the inside out. The Bible says when you acknowledge him, he will acknowledge you. With nobody looking around, if you know, I need to acknowledge him right now. I need to make Jesus the center of my life. Would you boldly put your hand in the air and acknowledge him right now and say, that's me, hands all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's give them a great big hand. I love that. Now I want everybody in the room, those of you watching online around the world, I want you to pray this prayer declaratively and with power. Say, Jesus, you're the only one who can save me. So I trust you with my life. I repent of my sins. I believe you're the son of God and you died on a cross and you rose again so that I could have life. Change me from the inside out. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him an ovation of worship that only a king is worthy of.